Hey everybody, welcome back. This is another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. About, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 months ago or so from when this podcast episode is going to come out, I did a video on a tool. And, well, I call it a tool. I guess you could call it an accessory tool, whatever it was. It was a handy little device. I'd never seen it before. And I thought, hey, this thing is actually really cool. It's practical. And the reception for that device when it was released, I feel like was really good. So today I have Andy Wilkoff on the podcast with us. He's the owner, the designer, the creator. (laughs) Basically, he does everything for a little device called the Handlebar Jack. So if you haven't heard of it, stay tuned. I think you're going to probably want one of these by the time we're done. This is the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. So thank you, Andy, for coming on the, the podcast today. Yeah, uh, no worries. Uh, glad to be be here. We've chatted a few times before, so it's nice to uh, kind of put something down for posterity. <laughs> yeah, well, great, great. I got to ask because I... You know, like this is a kind of a unique device. It's it's called the handlebar jack. Why don't you tell people what it is and what sort of problem it it solves and and how how you came up with it? Yeah. So the original handlebar jack is something kind of came out of necessity. You know, we kind of need to rewind a little bit because to understand the device, you got to understand me a little bit. My background, I have a, a formal background in industrial design, which is product design, and I've always been a tinker. I've always made things. When I was a kid, I was taking things apart. I was making things out of cardboard. I was a maker before there was even the word kind of maker put, you know, into this this movement that's kind of happened over the last five to ten years with, you know, the advent of a lot of the desktop manufacturing. So whether it's a small wood shop at home, I got a 3D printer, I don't know, years ago for, for a birthday present. It was just fascinating. Like, I could take these things that I can make in the computer, and I'm very savvy on the 3D side of computing, and I can make these things for real, which was pretty amazing. So, you know, of course, you make all your little trinkets and your little superhero bus and all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, oh, something broke. So, okay, I'm going to make a little brick. So there's a whole practical side of creating and making, which I really like. And... For years, e-bikes have fascinated me. I was test driving them way before I could even afford them <laughs> because they're a pretty big leap. And, you know, there's some, there's like a pedigo dealer in town and there's, you know, some other things like that. So I was lusting after these e-bikes for a long time. And it got to a point where I had like a birthday, I had a little extra cash and kind of convinced my wife to be like, hey, I think this would be really cool because, uh, I could exercise on my way to work. I can ride to work and exercise. And, you know, my wife hears that. She's like, you can exercise? Great. I'm, I'm behind it. Then it also allows me to get to work without being a sweaty mess because it was like an 11-mile ride from where I live. So, you know, it's not a, you know, jaunt around the block, but, you know, I also have to be around people all day. That was my angle in. And, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I just researched the hell out of it. So I was looking, 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 and so I found a bike that I like. I'm like, okay, I'm going to punk down the money. So I punk down the money, and then, just like anything else, I'm like, oh, what can I screw and glue to this thing? I want to make sure I've got the right helmet, I've got the, okay, I need to need some sort of light and, you know, a bell or a horn so people hear me. 
I just like to be prepared. A little kit, okay, I need to get this wrench and the tool and all, all that kind of stuff. So you've got to be prepared for anything that might I've happen. Gotta be pre- I've got to be prepared because, you know, I've spent a couple grand on something that was a big stretch for me at the time in my budget. And I'm like, well, I want to take care of this thing. Part of getting my kit together is like, okay, I got to get, you know, the tires and, you know, a spare tire and a patch kit and all this kind of stuff. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, if I get a flat and I'm not at home. I'm potentially going to mess up my bike because I got to take some cable ties off and I got to flip it over. And the rear hub is for me because my, my bike is a rear hub bike. That's the scary part because I got to take out a bunch of wires and there's a big heavy thing. And, and you know, like when you're a kid, when you fix your bike, what do you do? You flip it upside down. Right. That's the easiest way to work on it. Yeah. It's the easiest way to work on it. And like, you know, some people argue about like, you know, all year it's going to put air in your lines and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. I just need to flip it over for a couple minutes, change a tire, put a patch on or something like that, and then put it back on. And I'm looking at my bike and I'm like, well, I've got this fixed kind of button cluster right there on my bike. And it's nice and plastic and shiny. And I'm like, well, best case scenario, I'm going to scratch it up and then I'm going to be looking at that thing. And it's going to drive me crazy because I just scratched up my $2,000 bike, right? Right. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. And then, you know, whatever else you screw and glue to your, your handlebars, you know, you have a light, you have this. And some things are easy to take off and some things, you know, you need a, a tool. In my background, so, okay, I make stuff. I'm like, hey, I've got a 3D printer. I'm going to make a little thing to kind of just offset it, you know. And it started off as, like, flat. And believe it or not, I tinkered. For almost a year of, I've got a box full of failed experiments and different designs and directions on trying to make this thing flexible and just work for me. And, you know, Christmas, I uh, was spending up with, our family was spending up in, uh, in Salt Lake City with some friends. We were talking about this and, you know, my buddy Brandon is like, hey, you should really put like a patent on this thing and sell it. I, you know, I'd mountain bike. This thing would be great. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, you should do it. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, I'm tinkering around a little bit more and we're finding it and, you know, start making them. Throw myself out there and talking on the forums and let people know about it. And then that's kind of how it started. It started out the necessity of me making a widget so I don't mess my thing up. <laughs> and it worked. And it worked. And people like it. And it's like, oh, this is so great. I have been looking for stuff like this. And I'm really happy that I can help people ease their fears and just relax and ride their bike. That's kind of our thing. It's just like, hey, don't worry about what you, we got you covered if something goes wrong. Just worry about riding your bike and having fun. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Like if I ride my bicycle and I don't take like a toolkit or something with me, I'm like worried about, you know, something might go wrong and I might have to walk back or something. But if I have all the tools and stuff, then I just go have fun and I don't worry about it because I know I can just go have fun and ride and it's not a problem. Uh, so I definitely understand what you're talking about. I think a lot of people probably feel the same same way. They want to enjoy the bike without having to worry about what's going to go wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. So that, you know, that's the origin story of the original Handlebar Jack. That's what it is. It's selfishly made for me so that I don't mess up my bike and then other people want it too. So great. So I can <laughs> share that with other people. I can do that. For those that are listening, if you can't quite picture this yet, imagine like like a little mini tripod almost that attaches to your grips 
So you can flip your bike over and it keeps your screen and your buttons and your brake levers and basically all the important stuff on your handlebars that you always touch and look at from getting all scratched up, dinged up, or broken. It's really or muddy. simple. <laughs> yeah, or just muddy or dirty or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a purpose built kind of tripod, essentially. One of the important design aspects of it, you know, for me, you know, being a problem solver, but also a cyclist as well, is space is precious. You know, weight is precious when you're lugging things around. It's a little less concerning when you have an e-bike because you got a little extra help going on. But when it's deployed, having it work the way it is, and also being able to put it away was a really big part of solving that problem for me. When I'm not using it, it closes up, it snaps together. You know, there's that magnetic kind of connection that keeps the jacks together and you can trust it in your bag, you know, or in your trunk bag or in your backpack or even a, a jersey pocket. And it's just there if you need it. Awesome. And that was one of the things that impressed me when I first got it was the that the little legs fold out on this thing and then, you know, the magnets snap everything together so it's nice and compact. Because I'd seen other kind of homemade devices that do the same thing, but they were, you know, the legs are always out, they're bigger, they're bulkier. And it was like, yeah, that's cool if I'm like at home or at the shop, but I don't want to carry those with me. And to me, that was that was a huge selling point that it's like, oh, this is actually one that you can take with you and use. And it's practical because if I'm at home, I can find a couple of two by fours or whatever random stuff lying around to put the handlebars on. <laughs> and I've had, and I only mentioned the two by fours because I've had people mention that they're like, oh, why don't you just use a couple of two by fours? I'm like, I'm not carrying a couple two by fours around while I'm bike riding. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe that's my next product. I make up some sort of pack for two by fours. That you can just <laughs> kind of stick on you. Yeah, no, I don't think that's nearly as as practical as as what you've come up with. So I don't. I don't like that idea at all. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll scrap that one. Focus group did not go well on that. Yeah. Now I, that does bring up a question for me and you don't have to answer if you don't either know or you haven't released this yet, but do you have uh, plans for different ways just to carry the little device you have created? It's really compact and it can easily toss into a bag or anything, but I'm just curious if you're working on anything else like that. Absolutely. We have a couple of skunk work projects in the bin that we're working on. Right now, I'm, I'm making these at home. And, you know, I've got an army of 3D printers printing every day and turning these things out at a really nice quality. You know, really quality machines making really quality parts, which is important to me. But we're making that leap into injection molding. So by the time you hear this, we're going to be really close to kind of having that first run all set and ready to go. and really being able to push out a lot more product, still keeping that quality. And one of the things that I'm really happy about, and it's, it's been an important part of, you know, the company that we've been growing, you know, this is going to be manufactured and assembled in the, in, in the United States. So I've found a, a partner, a good manufacturing partner in Reno, Nevada, and we're spooling off right now. So hopefully when all the ears hear this in a, in a little bit, We'll be able to fill those orders even quicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Uh, and that's cool that you've been able to keep the manufacturing in the U.S. still. Because usually when I think of injection molding or mass production, we usually think of things going overseas. And sometimes that works, but it's not always the best choice. I think if you're looking for quality and trying to control things really well, uh, if we search hard enough, we can find ways to make things like this here in the U.S. That's something I've been paying a, a lot of attention to lately. 
Yeah, and like I said, it's important to me. I'm from Ohio, Northeast Ohio. So there, when I was growing up, there's Lordstown and GM. There's there's a lot of it's a steel city. So there's lots of history in our country of making things. Having that quality, have, being able to go to the factory eight hours away from me and just kind of check it out and look at you know my part being spit out of the machine and seeing that and making sure that the quality is what I want. Is it super cheap like it would be overseas? No, but I'm okay with that because I know I'm supporting another kind of business like me that's growing. There's people assembling it. You know, my boxes are made here. I use a, a printer in California for, you know, the instruction sheet. The stickers that I include in the box come from a printer in Ohio. It's really important to me is to make a quality product, but also to kind of be a good kind of partner in my community, whether it being the biking community or just kind of the manufacturing community as a whole is to, you know, keep it local. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm excited to, to hear that uh, and excited to hear what sort of new things you come up with because it doesn't sound like the handlebar jack is is going to be the last item for you. It sounds like this is just the beginning. Absolutely. I've got some two really good solid ideas that are in the works and a couple other things germinating in the uh, deep nether regions of my brain. <laughs> but what's nice about the new one that's coming out is that we're going to be adding some features that people have been asking for. So it's not going to be just a regurgitation of what I've done now, just at scale. Really listen to the community and the feedback and adding a couple little improvements because that's a great thing that's been really good so far, at least with additive manufacturing, is the unit that I sent you was, we'll call it my V1. And the unit that I'm selling now is really kind of like a, a V1.3. And I've made a few subtle changes along the way the first one being the Velcro strap versus the uh, the rubber bands that it kind of started off with. And then we've added a little extra support and the way that it kind of nests together. So the nice thing about starting with additive manufacturing is that besides having a year of developing it before I even started selling them, is that I've been able to tweak them along the way. Now, if I went straight to injection molding, I have a big steel tool, you know, a mold that I can't really change, and then I got to amortize and, and kind of pay off. So being measured about the growth of our company and really focusing on product and what the customers are saying and listening to them is has been a really good process for us. Well, that's great. I think uh, kind of what you originally started talking about, how desktop manufacturing is a thing now, something that I personally am very excited about. I've had a few 3D printers and I'm waiting on a few new pieces of equipment to manufacture some small things here in the U.S. just for kind of what you just went through. You can have prototypes, you can revise them, you can change them quickly. You can have a good quality consumer-ready product right away and it gives you some flexibility to make changes and do things. And then once you really have it dialed in, you know, then you can do the the more traditional methods of uh, injection molding and things that, you know, can get the cost down and the volume up. So that way we can get, get enough product out there to meet the demand. Uh, but to me, it's really exciting just to see that you've gone through that process because 20 years ago, it wasn't as easy. Not that it's easy. I think there's the design work and all the effort that goes into it is, is hard, but the equipment makes it easier. Uh, it makes it possible. 
I agree with everything you said 1,000%. You'd have to walk into a bank with a piece of paper and some drawings and a business plan and hope that this is going to do well. And then you're like leveraging your house or something like that in order to kind of just try it. Where now you can do all of that from your little home office, which is empowering to so many people. It kind of brings back that spirit of innovation. There's so many companies out there that are are doing stuff like this. And it's just been bolstered by this kind of maker revolution, which is picking a lot of these really big industrial things that's really expensive and making little miniature versions of them so you can do some really amazing stuff at home. Yeah, I feel like uh, electric bikes, it was early on, they were like DIY and people converting things and making things. And there's still a little bit of that going on. But most of what's on the market is like, oh, e-bikes work. Now, Let's get them into mass production. And, and right now, nobody can even keep up with the demand. I know. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's great. And it's great. And, but part of me feels like, ah, but we're, we're missing some of the original, like, do-it-yourself manufacturing, some of the, the development, some of the, the trial and error stuff that makes them better. So I think we need to, to balance the, the mass manufacturing with the experimentation in the new products to make e-bikes better than what they are today. And it's happening. For me, what's great, and it's something that you're doing, is that like you don't have to be a giant behemoth of industry and manufacturing. Kind of get a good quality product, design something, spec something out, and provide a very mature, stable product for people. And to a large degree, you're benefiting from a lot of this paradigm shift in the way that manufacturing happens that you can have a boutique, you can have a small business, you can provide a product that fills a niche in between the behemoths and have a really strong active customer base like you do and loyal. You're helping yourself, you're helping your customers. The knowledge that you give freely is amazing. You know, I hear that in a bunch of your podcasts and that goes against who you are. You know, that comes across that, hey, I want you to know things. You know, I think we're kind of very similar in a way where we just want to help. If if you don't want to buy my thing, that's fine. I, I, I can appreciate and respect that. But have the knowledge, have some education, make an informed purchase, which is what I like about you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I've I've said it many times and I'll, I'll say it again. I, I never want to be or have one of these, you know, massive hundreds of employee type companies selling electric bikes because at that point it's it's boring. It's no longer exciting. And, and when you get bigger, you can't be as innovative and you can't shift or change things or develop things as quickly or easily. Interestingly enough, I had a, a conversation with somebody about Shimano products recently, and it's somebody that works with the company. Won't name any names, but we were talking about uh, the motors that Shimano makes and why do they have e-bikes, but they're only 250 watts when the U.S. market is like, we want more power. And why don't they have throttles when they're like, we want throttles. And, and basically, they're so big, the market share that they have over bicycle parts and components is so massive that they can't just come out with a bigger motor or uh, an accessory quickly like that if people want it. The company's just too big and it can't move that fast which is crazy. I, I, <laughs> I think, oh, they got all the money, they can do it, but they can't. They have to move more slowly. And, and I don't like that. I like to <laughs> move quickly and make things yeah, happen. Yeah, I mean, if it, it's a battleship. You can't turn a battleship on a dime. Right, right? exactly. 
there's pieces of the pie for everybody. And that's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to, at least for us as a company, is we're trying to be good members in the community. We're trying to provide a good product that has value to people. We just want people to enjoy riding their bike. You're providing the bike. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, we're, we're hopefully help, helping taking some of the stress out of it. Have fun and ride. That's the one thing I love about riding. So before I got into e-bikes, I was doing some road riding before my neck stopped agreeing with that very aggressive riding position. But the state you get into when you're riding, all the stress just melts away. At least all I do is I'm breathing, breathing, I'm pedaling, and I'm focusing on 150 yards in front of me. And that's all I'm thinking about. And that's what I love about riding. And what I love about e-bikes, it just allows me to go faster than what I could without one, <laughs> which just makes it more fun. Yeah, it does. It makes it more fun. It makes commuting to work and doing things like that that otherwise would not be very motivating, I think, not only possible, but but a lot of fun and, and you just start doing it all the time. It's hard not to do it once you get started. Exactly. And like you miss it. And then the smile I had when I first got on test driving my first e-bike and hit the throttle or hit the pedals and I just kind of went, that's still there. And that's what motivates me as a maker to kind of keep that smile on people's faces. Awesome. I really like that philosophy. Everything, uh, <laughs> I think everything you've said, I definitely agree with. And uh, just making things better, more fun for people. You've mentioned some other products or ideas. Are these going to be handlebar jack related? Is that going to be like the same website? Is it totally different? Where are we going to yeah, see I those th things? I think they're all going to be related to handlebar jack in some in some way or form. So the the product line, the jack line of products, if you will, will expand. You know, I'm very much focused on this e-bike, bike kind of centric market. It's fun for me. I enjoy solving problems in this space. So it's all definitely very related to the first product and branching out from there. Okay. And now you have a, uh, a fleet of 3D printers to, <laughs> to ramp up production on new ideas. <laughs> yeah. We're moving that, the jacks to injection molding. So now I'm going to have a lot of resources to kind of make some more cool stuff. Well, that's awesome. I like to see when people have an idea and it starts to take off and they can reinvest into more equipment to grow it because I feel like sometimes people get nervous or they're not sure what to do and things just kind of stagnate and fail because they're not willing to just double down and just go for it <laughs> in a way, I guess. That's part of it. It's just like, you know what, if I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? I tend to have expensive hobbies, whether it be photography or e-biking or anything like that. And I'm just a gear guy anyway. So there's an excuse at some point in the future for me to buy some sort of CNC free access mill. I'm going to find a way to do it because that's just cool gear. Sure. Yeah, I have uh, a little, by the time this podcast episode comes out, hopefully it shows up. They're delayed like everything. But I have a, a desktop sized CNC mill coming just for, for prototyping and just for fun because I just like making things. Uh, you know, I've got yeah. other machines around here for making certain types of products and I just love having the tools to just have an idea and then just go build it and then just see what happens with it. They're toys, they're hobbies, but they can be put to very good use and sometimes they turn into an entire company. It's crazy how that happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's the whole desktop laser industry, you know, that people are, are doing, I have some friends who are doing some amazing craft work with a Glowforge. Who knew that you would have a laser engraver on your desktop? 
Yeah, and I I'm seeing desktop sized printers, mills, lasers, and they're getting to be where the quality is good enough to where it's not just for prototyping or or making DIY projects. Like you can make legitimate products that you can sell. So it's all very, very exciting. And that's the cool thing. Your imagination and your drive is the only thing you need to bring to the table. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really going to help. And it, and it definitely has in your case, bring some manufacturing to the US. And it might not be competing products, but new products. You know, what you've got didn't exist before. So <laughs> it's, uh, you created Shockingly, something. But yeah. Yeah. You created Shockingly. something brand new and, and we're able to start new thing and and create business and jobs uh, in the US. And to me, that's all very exciting. And I think for electric bikes as a whole, that's going to be a very difficult challenge that's going to take some time because things are so well established overseas for bicycle manufacturing. But this all gives me hope that it's possible and it can happen. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the main things because those, I mean, they're really good at what they do, and they do it at a price that makes sense. But we find a little niche, a little accessory, a little something that we can do here. It's not an all or nothing. Everybody's got to put food on the table, you know? Finding something that works for us is great. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, on the podcast today. Uh, I do appreciate all of the tidbits of information you've shared so far. Once you get these uh, new versions of the handlebar jacks made with the injection molding and and everything which is is going to be any time now maybe who knows maybe when we release this they'll already already be available but it's going to be very very close it's a product i foresee carrying at bolton e-bikes for the long term because it's just a useful little device it makes sense and where else do you want people to go if they want to check out what either you have now or what sort of new things you're working on you can go to the website handlebarjack.com we have a facebook page we have a handlebarjack twitter you can find all the Twitter and the Instagrams and all that kind of stuff from links on, on the page. But, you know, we're starting to have a bit more of a presence there and kind of, you know, share some things that we like. And then as we move along this process, we're going to be sharing, you know, a little behind the scenes of, of the manufacturing and all that kind of good stuff just because we like to share, you know. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Uh, I do appreciate having you here and definitely wish you the best of luck moving forward. Yeah, I mean, right back at you. I mean, I appreciate what you have and and the the channel and the service you provide just as far as knowledge. And I'm glad you're doing really well in the e-bike business. (laughs) We're both having fun, it sounds like. Yeah, we are. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. Once again, that was Andy Wilkoff with the Handlebar Jack. Uh, I appreciate him being here with us and sharing more details about how that was created and Can't wait to see what else he comes up with. If you're new to the podcast, make sure to go to boltonebikes.com. You can listen there. You can check out bikes there. But also go to ebikepodcast.com. That is our email list specifically for the podcast if you want to receive notification uh, when these new episodes come out, which is every single Tuesday. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and letting us talk to you. And I will be back on another Tuesday. 